The following Truth Barista podcast is a High Beam Ministry production. What does the Bible say about tattoos? Tattoos have been around for thousands of years. Ancient cultures used tattoos for various reasons. Some cultures tattooed their slaves to identify them. Others placed tattoos on military soldiers, and in some cultures, prostitutes wore them. Tattoos have been associated with pagan worship, witchcraft, pirates, criminals, and biker gangs. But today, tattoos have become a form of personal expression. But is it okay for us, as believers in Messiah, to get tattoos on our body? For nearly 2,000 years, Christians have been opposed to tattoos. Yet, many Christians today have tattoos and think nothing of them. Some even argue their tattoos are a witnessing tool that helps them seem more approachable and less judgmental. They also say tattoos can help unbelievers identify with Christians and make them feel more welcome. I used to think that way as well, but the Bible tells us to be set apart from the world not conform to it. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We shouldn't seek to conform to the world by getting tattoos. Yeshua never told us to look like the world or act like the world. He told us to be in the world, but not of it. Welcome to the Airzats Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your truth barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my websites, truthbarista.com, all one word, truthbarista.com, and highbeamministry.com. That's H-I-G-H-B-E-A-M ministry.com, as in car high beam. We're shining the light of God's truth on the road ahead. Okay, sir, here's your double espresso and your macchiato and your cappuccino. You guys have a great day. Oh, my gosh, Larry, that was quite a rush. Boy, but it's good for business. It's uh, not a problem, I tell you that. Hey, what did you think about your talk with Carrie? I know she's due in here. I want to explore this a little bit more with this tattoo body modification cutting thing. What did you think about that? I thought the part where she was talking about hiding from herself or hiding issues and then somehow it came out in the way that she was cutting herself, which to me is psychologically, I just don't know if I could ever do that because I don't like pain. <laughs> I know. I, that's that's why it kind of baffles me. I, I can't wait till she gets... Oh, wait, here she comes. Morning, guys. Hey, how you doing, Carrie? Good. Hey, take a seat. Let me grab a cup of coffee here for you. Okay, here you go. Why don't you bring us up to speed again? Remind Larry and I what you were talking about last week. So we talked about how I struggled with self-injury. I had a lot of pain inside that I needed to find an outlet for. Mm -hmm. And so I made a very unwise choice of deciding that self-injury would be my outlet. Okay. And the trigger came from? So I was listening to a radio program and it kind of glamorized what self-injury was, but I was was deceived. For the moment and the desperation I was feeling, I thought that that was the answer for me. Okay. It turns out it really wasn't. So you got into this kind of pendulum swing back and forth mm-hmm. between pain and pleasure, pain and mm-hmm. pleasure, or tension, pressure, and catharsis, you know, Correct. the release of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going back and forth on this. You said it controlled you. What do you mean by controlling you? It got to a point where my body would almost need the release. So, really? Yeah. It's kind of hard to understand if you've never experienced anything like that, but almost like um, an alcoholic kind of craves the alcohol or a drug. Mm-hmm. It's almost like my body needed that release. I'm fascinated. I'd love to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it has to do with anything with the releasing of dopamines and serotonin. It absolutely it, does. Really? It does. How'd so you find out though, about that? So I went to some therapy, okay. <laughs> quite a bit of therapy, quite a few years of therapy, which is you know how I was able to work through this and can talk about this so openly and freely because you learn a lot 
about yourself and about what your body does and how it reacts. Mm-hmm. But you do release chemicals in your body when you when you modify it and when you do things to it. And so there is uh, feelings that come from releasing things. And especially when you have the psychological factor of feeling like this is opening up an outlet for your pain to escape. Okay. Because then you're experiencing that euphoric feeling of, okay, it's gone. Okay. So speaking of escape, how did you escape its control? So that is an excellent question. So what I ended up having to do, because I, you know, thought I had control, turns out I had absolutely no control. And it was just being that vicious cycle over and over again. I went to an amazing Christian counselor Mm -hmm. who worked with me. We went through multi-steps, almost like a 12-step program, but for self-injury. And there were struggles. There were quote-unquote relapses because it's an addiction is what it is. And, And your body, like I said, craves the feeling you get after the release. But I had to get out of that. I had to get out of the cycle. I had to get out of just the continuous pain and disappointment I felt in myself over and over again. And so we worked through scripture and we worked through what it really had to happen is I really had to get to the root of the problem because cutting is just the symptom I think I mentioned before. And once you attack the root and start tearing apart the root, then there really is no reason for the need to release these emotions because you're working through the emotions and you're actually healing from them. And so I was able to heal from the inside out and so the symptoms just dissipated. Right, Mm -hmm. because you didn't need them anymore. I did not need them anymore. Okay, so let me ask you a difficult question. Sure. How are you doing now? I'm glad you asked. I am doing great. Okay, explain. And, And here's what it is. A lot of people say, oh, you know, if I had your childhood or went through those experiences, I would never, ever want to do that again. I wouldn't change a thing. Really? Yeah, because it has shaped me who I am today. Mm -hmm. And I am able to do things and minister to young girls or even older girls and say, you know, what? I've been where you're at. I understand what you're saying. And this is why it won't work. And I can say you can have the victory because look at me. I have the victory. I was able to be, you know, from a place of just such brokenness. And look what God has done. And look what he has brought me through. And I get to share that with people. Mm -hmm. Not many people can do that. You know, I love that because being the truth barista and really resting in the whole word of God and finding the truth of God's word and how it applies to every aspect of of life. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, he says, we minister the comfort that we have received. Yes. And that's really where your best ministers come from Mm -hmm. because you're ministering in the area that you've been challenged, you've been hurt, you've been delivered from. And so you can honestly, you've got great credibility when you look at the other person and you can honestly say, I have been where you're at, and now I am not there anymore. God helped me, and he used other people with this. It was a whole package thing, and he brought me through, and I stand here today. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, to me, I've been through things like that Mm -hmm. myself. See, this is the thing. Satan always tries to make you think you're the only one. You're the only one doing this. You're the only one doing it this way and whatever. And that isolation builds that secret place. And in that secret place, there's no release, okay? And so even growing up, getting caught in that myself in different ways that I won't get into right now, but you find yourself in that pendulum swing. I thought, I'm the only one. And Jay, in that isolation, what were you doing? You were hiding. 
Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. How did hiding and, and how do you see this relating to body modification and tattoos? And before we go there, I, I think the story that you have, Carrie, is just fascinating, especially the victory side of it. Mm-hmm. But yet I know for a fact that Satan, because you were mentioning Satan just a little bit ago, likes to come at us and accuse us always. Mm-hmm. So how does that accusation happen to you today? Great and question. What do you do with it? So I fight the accusation with the word of God and Explain. I speak and I speak the truth. So when I have something that kind of triggers me, okay. then I just know that I can say with confidence and boldness that my body is is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within me. And so I know that if I have the Holy Spirit in me, the enemy has no place. And I know that I'm giving my full everything to the Lord. And so there is no room for the enemy in there. There Mm -hmm. is no room. And because he also tells me that he loves me with an everlasting love, not a sometimes love, not a once in a while love, but an everlasting love. And if I have his love, then there is nothing else that I need. And so I just combat it daily with the word. And of course, there's tools and things that I remember from my time in counseling, but it always goes back to the Lord and his word. It seems very simple, but it's very powerful. And so it's, it's memorizing those scriptures. It's knowing and just being able to speak them out because our words have such power. It's, it's like putting on the armor. Every day, you got to put on the armor of God, okay. and he protects you. Okay, so let's get back to the hiding aspect, and how does this relate to tattooing, body modification, cutting? Because I want to get down to what is the pathology that's driving this habitual tattooing? Because to me, habitual tattooing is, it's not a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. It's painful. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people who've gotten full sleeves on their arms and had tattoos put on. You know, when you're just skin over bone, that's extremely painful. Yes. And and then the mod- body modification and the cutting aspect, there's got to be a pathology behind this. And then there's got to be the motivation and all. Talk about that. I think there could be a couple motivations. I think one of them could be they think they deserve pain. So and it's a self-punishment? I think so. And I think also I've experienced that with some people who self-injury. They think they deserve to have that pain repeatedly. That's a, an interesting point. In my own life, as I've been matured as a Christian, when I was a very young Christian, actually before I was a Christian... When I did something I knew was wrong, I had no way to take care of that guilt. So I would punish myself Mm -hmm. in certain ways because I thought, well... I needed to be punished. I mean, that's we know that instinctively. If I do something wrong, I get get a spanking, you know, mm-hmm. or or some or I get a timeout. So you have people who self punish yeah. to get rid of that. The way to deal with that is realize Jesus took the punishment for exactly. you. Exactly. And once that's there, the guilt goes, and now I don't have to do it myself because He already took it for me, stood in my place. Right. That freed me when I became mature enough as a Christian, to deal with that. Yeah, in Corinthians 6.12, it says, we must not become a slave to anything. And that's injuring ourselves or modifying ourselves. You know, all those things have a stronghold over us. Okay. And, and we can be free from that. I think all, the other motivation could be, you know, society tells us to act a certain way or speak a certain way or we have to look a certain way. And if we don't measure up, then we're ashamed and we're embarrassed. And so we almost feel like we have to hide. I know for me, the greatest thing to get me out of the abuse that I endured is to hide. I would run and try to hide, whether I was hiding in a closet or hiding under a bed. I would try to hide. And so I didn't ever want people to see the real me because I felt if they knew the real me, they wouldn't like me. And so a lot of it was hiding. And so if you're going to go to extreme lengths and tattooing or body modification, you're hiding. You're hiding who you really are. You don't want people to see who you actually are. And so I think that is a huge motivation why people modify that is are. That is amazing because now my mind flipped all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 
when Adam and Eve disobeyed Mm -hmm. and God came looking for them, what did they do? They ran and hid. Mm -hmm. They tried to cover themselves up because, I mean, let's face it, who did they sin against? They sinned against God. Mm -hmm. They broke his law. God can forgive them of that. Absolutely. But rather than going to God and asking for forgiveness, and that would have lifted the guilt and all that stuff, they walked away with the guilt and tried to cover it and deal with it themselves. Mm Oh, that is amazing. We're so deceived, aren't we? I know. We are. And that whole idea of forgiveness is just so relieving, isn't it? I mean, Uh to think that you can come with all of your shame and all of your guilt and all of the bad things you've ever done, and God just wipes it away. That has got to be freeing. Let me put these two things together. For me, the really exciting kind of insight today is that we run and hide, but we have God in search of man. That's why Jesus came. Mm-hmm. because he came searching for us. The other thing that's kind of exploding in my head at this point, too, is the fact that we all think we're the only ones that ever did this. Exactly. We're the only ones who ever sinned. We're the only ones who have ever sinned in this way, whether it is body, soul, or spirit, doesn't matter. And God goes, really, there is nothing that humanity has ever done that takes me by surprise. So you can literally come to God in all of the things you've experienced, Carrie, Mm -hmm. in all of the things I've ever done, Larry, everything you've ever done, and we can lay it at the feet of the Lord, and the Lord would say, I know, and I can deal with that. You know, I hear pastors say, come to the Lord. You know something? A lot of times the Lord would be saying, let me come to you. Let me come to you and deal with that and to touch it. Did you experience any of that in this process here? It's so great what the Lord does. You know, the thing that really just opened my eyes is just his reassurance and knowing that I really didn't have to do anything. He did it for me. Because when you're in such a desperate place, you have nothing left. You kind of do have to just lay it before the Lord and let him take it. You know, over and over in scripture, he talks about how, you know, if we just humble ourselves before him and resist the enemy, the enemy has to flee. He has to go. I think that's that's in James. Mm -hmm. Resist the devil and he will flee. And um, Ah, but it also says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Exactly. And so when you're walking with the Lord, the wicked perish, they fall down. And and also I think an important piece is to seek help and not be afraid. You know, Proverbs, victory comes through the counsel of many. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times with when you're trying to hide and you're isolating, you're afraid to reach out because you're embarrassed or there's shame. Don't be afraid. You have to reach out. There's another version of that, another translation that I love. I have it memorized as, there is safety in an abundance of counselors. And so if you're caught in this kind of a thing, the last thing you should be doing is isolating. Mm -hmm. The first thing you should be doing is pull in a bunch of counselors. And I'm thinking not just professional counselors, but Christians, because you need both the spiritual component and the counseling component together, because the root cause Mm -hmm. is spiritual and emotional and and mental, and all these things, all the physical stuff, that's just the end run, right, of all the symptoms. And you don't have to do it alone, Mm -hmm. because my biggest thing through this whole process that I learned, you probably want to write this down. Okay. Once a secret is no longer a secret, it loses its power. Okay, say that again. Once a secret is no longer a secret, it loses its power. And that sparks the scripture verse in my head that says, confess your sins one to Mm -hmm. another so that you may be healed. And you know something, the Catholic Church, I mean, as much as people like to pick on the Catholic Church, this is really a powerful thing, to be Mm -hmm. able to have that time when you can go to a trusted person who will keep their mouth shut, and you can absolutely empty all of this stuff to them. Because on one hand, we do this to the Lord, and he already knows all these things, but we don't get that physical sense. But when you're with a person, 
and you confess to them in person, it's kind of a little different. You know, it's a, this is God's representative, this person. You know, and any Christian can do this with any other Christian. So find a trusted person or persons in your life, a small group, and feel free to, to get this pathology out. And, and I guess that kind of brings me back to my original question to you is, what is the pathology that's going on in society today? You mentioned society tries to put you in a box and tells you this is the way you should be, but I thought the children of the 60s were all about just have like free expression, dude, and I'm going to be exactly who I am. But yet now they're in positions of authority or whatever, and you have a generation that's stressed out because they feel like they're being put in. Give me some insight from your point of view, because you're what, 10, 15 years younger, 20, 30, 40, 50? No. <laughs> How many years younger? Let's just say I'm younger. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I think a lot of the a lot of the young ladies I talk to today, they just don't know how to handle what they have to handle. There's a lot of grown-up problems that young children have to face. And such they, as such as carrying the burdens of their parents, mm-hmm. carrying a lot of, you know, social pressures and things and they don't have the outlet. They don't know that Christ came to set us free or they don't know that they can make healthy choices to talking to someone or there's I think there's a lack of trust in society today. Mm-hmm. We don't know who we can trust or who we can turn to and they don't know that there are people like me who have walked through this and experienced victory because again, I just feel like this topic, whether it be excessive tattooing or body modification or cutting, I still think that there's a stigma attached to it that people are afraid to talk about. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they think if you talk about it too much, then it's going to trigger people and they're going to want to do it, which there probably is a little bit of truth in that. But come on now, bring the truth, bring what it really is about so that they can get it out in the open and say, you know what, this isn't right. Let's figure out a way to bring it out in the open and bring healing and bring freedom that so desperately is needed. And I just think that there isn't enough of that out there right now. There's a kind of a funny saying that's or a label that's going around campuses now, because you have all these people, these young adults, men and women who are 18 years old, and in our society, they're supposed to be adults, and yet they get onto a college campus or whatever, and it's just like, oh, so-and-so is going to speak, and he might use a bad word, and I'll get triggered. And, <laughs> and you're going, they're calling them snowflakes now. Because they're so fragile and I have to have my safety zone and thing. There is something fundamentally wrong with our society that we are not teaching and training young people to be strong and who they are and to stand. And I think that's really significant with the church Mm -hmm. as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole, to help people mature physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually so that when hard times or difficult things come, we don't melt whenever, you know, even the least bit of heat comes up, but we can stand firm against this. And I think this cutting, tattooing, body modification does kind of, it's a symptom of kind of the snowflake mentality. Mentality. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a hiding from Very challenges. Much a hiding. Okay, so the excessive tattooing, the pain issue of the catharsis of bleeding off the pain, if I can use a pun there, bad pun, is also part of that. It that's amazing to me that this is what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the solution is I think it's empowering our young people and our young adults to just stand up and say, Hey, I'm not okay. Help me to be okay. And then giving them the tools and, and outlets that they need to be okay. And so you that they're say, not making destructive choices. And can you say that now I have the control Absolutely. with the Lord's help mm-hmm. to control my life and to work side by side, arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder to everybody else, and we grow together and, and build strength together and strengthen mm-hmm. each other. Because face it, kids want to have control. They, yeah. I, I don't think there's a teenager out there that hasn't said to their parents, you can't control me. Uh-huh. You know, they want to have control. 
And so let's give them control over something, give them control over the ability to make good, wise choices and to empower them with the scripture and the and the good self-esteem that they need to carry through. Well, Carrie, it's been really a pleasure to hear your story. And I think more people need to hear your story because there's a human side to it. There's a tragic side to it, but there's a victorious side to it, but there's a personal side to it. You're a person that has come through it. And because of that personality, it is an opportunity for people to trust you. You're not a threat. Okay, Carrie, I know there's a lot of people out there that are probably listening in on our conversation from the next booth over. Do you have an email that people can contact you? Absolutely. I'd be happy to share that. Right, well, what is it? So it's kdfsmiley, S-M-I-L-E-Y, at gmail.com. Say that again. kdfsmiley at gmail.com. And one more time. <laughs> kdfsmiley at gmail.com. There was a time where I was kind of afraid to share my story, but I feel like even if just one person, just one is impacted by the truth, Mm -hmm. then everything is worthwhile. And that's why I'm glad that you let Larry and I in on your world in this, because we are, I am the truth barista, Mm -hmm. and we're looking for answers to life and the truth of God's word to to be able to minister with the comfort that we've received. Carrie, I'm so glad you come in here. You just, you know, anytime you come in, (laughs) it's just like sunshine has walked in through the door. Thank you. I've really enjoyed our talk. One of the things that I was taking away from the conversation was the whole idea that once you expose a lie or the truth, it has no more power on you. I heard a story once about a Christian singer who said, where there are no secrets, there are no lies. So it is so important. It goes right along with what Carrie was saying. But I think that's very, very important to reach out to people when you're finding yourself in a situation that you are facing that you have no answers to. And by the way, if you happen to be listening to this right now and the Lord is really touching your heart and you're looking for help or you've got a story to share or somehow I would love to hear from you. So you can send an email to thetruthbarista at gmail.com. Thetruthbarista, B-A-R-I-S-T-A at gmail.com. All one word, thetruthbarista at gmail.com. I would love to share your story. Who knows? Maybe your story is something we'll have you in at the Erzatz coffee shop and, and share your particular story on this. This is The Truth Barista, your link to how God defines our day. This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to The Truth Barista podcast. The best way to find out when a new podcast drops is through RSS feed. Go to our website, look for the RSS button, press it, and then enter your email. You'll be notified when a new podcast drops. Thanks for listening.